Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Coming up on today's podcast. You don't really talk to me a ton about this stuff. If you told me not to buy it, I'm going to buy it. Our family learned about hypoglycemia this week. Penn just tried to talk and I cut him off and I'm really sorry, honey. Welcome to our marriage. While watching Paul Blart Mall Cop. You know, you can't talk politics. You can't talk religion. Diabetes. You called me a silent killer. Because we eat dinner with senior citizens and those senior citizens are 9 and 12. So Dr. Hansel, first of all, scared the crap out of me. Like, let's just put it out there. So let's give our listeners some credit. Uh, you have food in your teeth. What were you just eating? I wasn't eating anything. So I was trending toward Cocoon and not toward Tom Cruise in the aging process. <laughs> it's the Holderness Family Podcast. Let's get started. Hey, I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Penn Holderness. And we are the Holderness family that and sounds like we have a family band we kind of do honey unfortunately that's basically that's what's what, happened yeah, we need to have like 12 more kids but we're let's the partridge do it. family on some type of uh, illegal yeah. substance <laughs> Who knows? yes anyway we do a podcast too um if you're here obviously you're yeah. listening to if it. you're here that means you're listening to it and we're so grateful that you're listening to it now we'd like you to hit that subscribe button yeah it's on, on itunes it's a little purple button and somebody who's so sweet asked if like on spotify what is it and i should find out the answer is question mark i don't know but when you subscribe it means that they're kind of automatically sent to you and um it just really it helps other people find us also all the ratings and reviews like we've legitimately read every single review we love them thank you so so much we also have a pod i mean there's so many ways to communicate with us we have a like a super secret kind of podcast group so if you search holderness family podcast and then you request um it's a sweet little family uh, there and i really love the community there so we'd love to have you part of that and we love doing this we hope we can do this uh until the day that we die and according to our guest today i have lengthened my life some <laughs> so thank you so we're at by very popular uh very popular demand by popular demand, well, we have our our doctor, Doctor Harriet Hansel. We've had her on as a guest on a podcast before. We'll link to that in the description. And it was all about how we really changed our lives through diet and nutrition. I like let's just put it out there. So when I went to see her because I had gone to doctors for years because I literally needed a nap every single day. Not that I took one, but I needed one. I um, was diagnosed with PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is weird because that typically like the doctors like, well, you have you have the polycystic ovarian syndrome and you have the blood work for it, but you're not. I had lost some hair, like my hair was thinning, but you're, I think that also like you're over, like you gain a lot of weight. Wait, you're supposed to lose your hair with this thing? And it's like a, a real hormonal, like inflammation thing. And so they, it was kind of a mystery to them because I had literally blood work and obviously like cysts everywhere. They're like, you have this, but you don't really have this because you're not, you know, you've gained weight, but you haven't gained that much weight. Um, so here, and they try to give me some medication that they basically to give a diabetic to it was like an insulin um because right. it, it was like i'm insulin resistant or it was whatever and i just felt like gosh that doesn't seem like a great answer and at the same time i and i've been very open about my struggle with uh, depression and anxiety i felt like i had had the pro they call it like the prozac poop out like it stops working so i felt like they'd stopped working I, that had to be why i was so tired and i'm like i just want to get off all of this stuff under a very supervised, and I would, again, this is, she is our doctor, not your doctor. So very supervised. I got off medications. And so 
people get really, really trigger, triggered, especially when I talk about antidepressants, because it, it, hand to God, antidepressants save lives. <laughs> antidepressants help so many people, and they definitely helped me for a period of time, but I made the decision to try to live without them. Um, and changing my diet and exercise and how I treated myself changed that. This is not this is like this is what happened to me. And when I have something really positive happen to me, I want to share it with everybody. I want everybody to know about it. Do you have to do these things? <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm sorry I'm laughing, but the, the number of disclaimers we're getting in this podcast well, are going to be. <laughs> when we, we posted a video about we have a brand new YouTube channel or it's, my, it's just my YouTube channel. It's like happy and healthy ish. And again, if nobody watches it. I'm okay with it because it's so therapeutic just to do these videos. But if I have, if I found something that has worked for me as a woman in my 40s that I've able to get off medication and I've lost some weight and I feel good and I have energy, like why wouldn't I share it with the world? So I have this uh, YouTube channel, Happy and Healthiest. I'll link to that as well. You could subscribe. That I just share what I'm doing. I'm not telling you you should do this, but I did something about we followed Harriet to acupuncture appointment. 98% of the comments were very positive. And then a couple came in saying... Of course they did. I know. But just like they, they're like, listen, this is this is not real science. It's, it's a placebo effect. It's X, Y, Z. And what if, what if it is placebo? I, I don't think it is. But like, what okay. if it is? And I, like, I, my scans have showed like I have reduced, like, I, like my physical symptoms have greatly changed. So maybe it is my brain doing it. I don't know. So, so Penn is rolling his eyes. Well, He's rubbing his face let's right just now. Give, let's give our listeners some credit. They are smart people. They know that this is your story. They know that this is subjective. It doesn't mean it can't help them I, or right. entertain them, but we're never going to ever do anything that everyone's going to agree with ever, no. ever. We can and do- I'm actually not even striving for that. I know, which is why it's so funny that we're doing all these disclaimers. I think I think just, you should you should just put yourself out there. People love you. I love you <laughs> the most, obviously. Aww. But people love you and they want to hear your story. So, so like here, this like this. Uh, I'm going to do a disclaimer for the rest of perpetuity. This is Kim's story. This is our story. Do what you want to with it. Thank you. <laughs> well, Have a I good think day. Medically speaking, also to protect Harriet, because she, we're going to talk about intermittent fasting right. in this episode, because we touched on it last time. We've got so many questions, and there are a lot of questions. And again, I would only enter into this. I know, my gosh, she's laughing at me. But just to protect Harriet, she's a doctor, and she's our <laughs> yes. doctor, and she has some evidence. But 100% of the time, like, you need to check with your person. You need to check with your doctor. You need to do it safe. Got it. No. <laughs> Okay, but I have so much else to talk about. I, me too. And I was going to talk about okay, it, but we've done it. a seven minute disclaimer about this no, whole thing. I love you. Go ahead. I love you too. So first of all, you don't really talk to me a ton about this stuff. This is the first time I've ever heard you say um, that that this like leads to like weight loss and uh, ov- like I, I knew that it leads to, first of all, you haven't gained any weight, but I think you kind of keep some of the darker news of your medical conditions away from your family a little bit. Like I didn't know that you were on Prozac until six months after you were on Prozac. And it's not from a lack of listening. You just said, I'm on this thing for, you know, for, for my, for my you uh, know what? menstruation or whatever. And it ended up, <laughs> no, one of them was that, Hey, don't laugh. You're on something for that. No, I'm not. You were. No. You're doing acupuncture for it? Yes. You're doing acupuncture I'm for not it. not a medic. I- okay. I'm just saying, you don't like, if, you know, if I was on something like that, I would put a huge sign on my forehead that says I'm doing this. And you're a little more like personally you know, with I your family about it. Can I be honest that, I, yeah, no. So the depression piece, I'm working harder about to talk about it in a public way because I think so many people struggle with it and there's a stigma attached to it. And for a long time, I was really ashamed of it. And so when I, I think a lot of people feel that way. So when I was in my 20s and kind of like diagnosed and given this medicine, um, I was ashamed of it and I didn't tell anybody. And then I, I kind of weaned myself off. And then um, and then after Penn Charles was born, I went on several different medications because I like went into a dark place with postpartum depression. And, and even then, that even that you didn't really talk. A I lot didn't about. talk about it. And I'm trying to get better about talking about it because I wanted i want other people to know this is like a normal thing that people go through and they shouldn't be ashamed of it and i'm just i'm working hard through that but you're right i didn't tell you like i went to i went to therapy and i was open about going to therapy and counseling and one of those was a psychiatrist where i got a prescription and i didn't i i felt like 
if I was taking it, that meant I was like weak, which you're not. In fact, I say the opposite. And so um, even just for my kids' sake, if they ever need help in the future, I just want to normalize it. Um, But that being said, I was on it for, I mean, I think Penn Charles was like seven by the time I was like, maybe I'm (laughs) through the postpartum hump. And, And I know that I like did. a cold you had. Like I think I shook that postpartum. <laughs> I think I shook this depression. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> no, but like I took but, some. I took some prednisone. I'm good. No, but with therapy and with diet changes, and again, I would never in a thousand years. Okay, tell stop people, it. No, but I just I feel like people will say like, oh, she got off meds. I'll do it too, and that's just dangerous. That's just it's not no right, bueno. Right. Um, but um, our listeners are not sheep; they're individuals. I with know. Brains you know what? I, I get one decisions. weird comment about like you're um you're teaching voodoo and um oh hi hold, hold on my lola wants to say hi, hi say hi lola hi <laughs> they're gonna walk to the they're gonna walk down the street okay lola has the day off from school she okay. has a cell phone now okay uh she's gonna walk 100 yards down the road we're okay with that i know hey buddy you want to come say hi and here comes our son this when, is what happens when we do podcasts hey, can you, hey come say hi days. to everybody so uh, you have food in your teeth what were you just I eating Okay, no, it's okay. Pen Charles, I'm gonna like order some Chinese food or something. Does that work for you? Sorry, Piggy Smalls. Okay, all right, thanks, uh, buddy. So you, please continue. Um, no, and so uh, Harriet, I, I love her, and we did this last podcast, the first podcast with her, and her. She has a private practice, and she's you know a functional medicine doctor, and she was like overwhelmed with phone calls and emails and it takes she loves to serve people and she spends a lot of time with you at an appointment so that's why it takes you months to get in with an appointment with her and she called me and she's like how can I help people on a broad scale that I can't when I can't treat everybody so we're trying I'm, I'm trying to help her craft a a message an online um, maybe course a, a nutrition plan a a, a guidebook of sorts that would help people um kind of be able to navigate this because there are so many questions so that's something that we're actually working on and if you guys feel like you'd be interested in that you could let us know but meanwhile we're going to tell our story yes and uh and yours and mine are a little bit different we both are treated by dr hansel uh kim's you just heard about mine was uh completely different right completely different which just goes to show the scope of people who can benefit from diet and um and and even this intermittent fasting thing and just sort of new ways to look at what we put in our bodies from medicine all the way to food and and what a difference it can make for me i was like headed toward diabetes and high and like diabetes diabetes and um <laughs> like i was i was in the wilford brimley zone without even realizing oh, can it. you say it like wilford brimley diabetes diabetes yeah um but but and apparently i was aging um not well like i was starting uh, harriet thinks i look younger now which is adorable um but <laughs> But no, like, you know how Tom Cruise and Wilford Brimley were the same age when he did Cocoon and when Tom Cruise did Mission Impossible? Exactly. So I was trending toward Cocoon and not toward Tom Cruise in the aging process. (laughs) And, and... I got to call her Dr. Hansel, don't I? Even though we know her as Harriet. Dr. Hansel. So Dr. Hansel, first of all, scared the crap out of me with my uh, my test numbers and called me a silent killer, which sounds like um, Jeffrey Dahmer. But what she meant was that I... I on the outside, I appeared to be very healthy and very energetic, while on the inside, um, the the numbers told otherwise. And so, yeah. totally different story from you. Right. Um, thought I was fine when I took the test, ended up not being fine, and then changed my diet. Um, a ton of changes similar to people who do paleo. Found out that um, that dairy was putting a lot of stress on my body, and that processed flour and bread and sugar were putting a lot of, of stress on my body and changed it. And in a, a few short months for me, uh, th- things have changed a ton for the better. So we've, right. we've got individual stories, but um, we're, we're going to kind of focus mainly on fasting today because first of all, it's it definitely people are starting to hear about intermittent fasting or three-day fasting. I feel like I've had 20 people randomly come up to me and tell me that they're thinking about fasting without even knowing that we're talking about this topic. So it's a thing now. Well, and I I think that I have no interest (laughs) and I have no interest in contributing to this like weird diet culture that's aimed specifically at women. 
And I think there's a lot. I think just. Do you think a, this is aimed specifically? No, at women? no, no. So there's a diet culture pen that you are so sweet and unaware of because you're a dude, and somehow. Oh, I know what you just mean. Just like, like the, we the whole, get yeah. targeted with ads on. Um, we just get targeted with ads that like lose weight, lose the the yeah, like losing weight can be a piece if you're. But there's a I. I this is not. That's not it. It, it's about no this has never been about it, weight it, loss it, for, us. A, for us it, it, it wasn't necessarily but that happens to be a side effect for people who need it mm-hmm. and it's not about it's not a disordered eating either you're not restricting your calories and that you're eating we're going to get into that you're eating the same amount you know and it's not a free-for-all but you're eating the same amount you're just in a shorter window of time and the healing that takes place so again that's why when you when you talk about nutrition changes it is very triggering for people because i don't i I think there's so many like i did this the i did this like really weird post on our instagram account like i bought this weird jumpsuit mostly because everybody in instagram stories told me not to buy it and i get very rebellious i'm like if you told me not to buy it i'm gonna buy it and i was like yeah my husband doesn't like it either and somebody wrote in like how do i not like it if i've never seen it i've literally never seen this thing well you've seen pictures of it and so, um, no, I didn't no, see but pictures people until are like, you oh, it. you must obey your people are so triggered by things. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I probably am a little, um, too sensitive, but it, the reason why I'm giving all these disclaimers, my love is just because, um, I just want people to be healthy. I want people to feel good. Well then tell, I tell want, them your story. I want moms out there to like not need a nap at four o'clock. And like this worked for me. Right. So then tell, then tell that story. Don't worry about disclaimers. To be, you be you. You be unapologetic, proud Kim. Because unapologetic, proud Kim is not perfect. That's what people love about her. She is willing to say exactly what's on her mind, um, with some exceptions. And <laughs> I don't know if you went all of them. Yeah, no, but for the most part, you are, uh, the, the entirety of you should not have a single disclaimer to it because people can figure that out. So with no further ado, our disclaimer episode continues <laughs> with the introduction of the incomparable CrossFit athlete, Harriet Hansel. Dr. Hansel went to both undergrad and graduate school in North Carolina, okay? She got into a very prominent clinic here in Raleigh and was excellent at her job. But she saw such a high volume of patients every day and also had done some research on Eastern and Western forms of medicine. She decided that she wanted to start her own practice that allowed her to really use both sides of the spectrum and not have to be completely married to either Eastern medicine or Western medicine. So she's she's got the Western medicine physician training. She's also a licensed acupuncturist and she does dry needling. When By the I way, first she went, went to Duke University. I, I just said Duke and North Carolina. Okay, thank you. So thanks for correcting me. I was, I was not paying attention. No, okay. okay. <laughs> but you still like just thought you'd lob that bomb at me while I was talking? Okay. Dr. Hansel uh, is, is the best of both worlds and has used her education and her her extensive amount of time she's now spending with clients to craft sort of a new philosophy about how to take care of your body that is largely centered around controlling the cascade of inflammation in people's bodies because you, you don't see it, but you get inflamed all over the place all the time. And so part of that is through muscle release and acupuncture and dry needling. And part of that is through traditional Western medicine. And for us, it's worked out really well. So I think I did okay with that. Okay, so we're going to take a break from talking about fasting to talk about eating. Yes. Seems pretty fitting, Well, right? when you do, I mean, you have to eat good quality food. That's the whole thing. For sure. And and so we want to thank our friends from Every Plate. Uh, they support us, so please support them. They sent us a big box full of food, spices, rice, accoutrement, <laughs> and instructions, which is the most important thing for me. Instructions. Yes. And, and so I set Pen off to make dinner for the family. Yeah. And so I did. And it was pretty good. It was great. I mean, it was as good as I was going to make it. If you had made it, it would have been amazing. No, it wasn't. But you, people were like surprised. And it was because people. It's us. <laughs> my family. Right. Anyway, so it wasn't terribly expensive. Each meal is roughly like the same as a cup of coffee. And they have sort of a cheaper, healthier alternative to takeout or delivery because a lot of it really is whole food and unprocessed food is what we're talking about today. The recipe took about 30 minutes to put together. So for me, it was quicker than having to go to the store and get something. And again, the the recipes are really easy to follow. And we ate it and we were happy. And so I I may cook more now. 
Thanks to every plate. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. For six free meals across your first three weeks and free shipping on your first delivery, go to everyplate.com and enter promo code Holderness, H-O-L-D-E-R-N-E-S-S. I almost forgot to spell her name for a minute. Yep. Um, for six free meals for the first three weeks, for, uh, free shipping, go to everyplate.com, enter Holderness. I'm proud of you for knowing our spelling of our name, honey. It took me a minute. Yep. Okay, here's Dr. Hansel. Okay, so Dr. Hansel, thank you for joining us again. It was immensely popular last time you were on our podcast. I know that you've gotten a lot of questions. We've got more questions, and we're going to kind of navigate through the ins and outs and the minutia, if you will, of intermittent fasting. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me again. But just so people know that you're qualified to talk about this, like what does functional medicine mean? Functional medicine is a different approach that is more personalized for the patient. And so we know that genetics can play a role. And we know that when we look at each individual person, you may be more prone to having the likelihood of developing a disease based on your gene history. And so what we try to do in functional medicine is we basically modify the environment so that possibly some of these genes don't get turned on. And so when we look at the difference between functional medicine, I think of really being more of a generalist in that I'm thinking about what are the things that are turning on inflammation in your body that at the end game, what we're trying to avoid is the things that you see the Western medicine docs for. So that would be high blood pressure, that would be diabetes, that would be cancer, that would be obesity, any of the endpoints of inflammation. I feel like the Western docs are treating what has already happened. And my take on it is that I want to prevent those things from happening. So let's turn off. And my analogy I used the last time was turning off the fire hydrant of inflammation so that it doesn't get to those endpoints. I mean, that, that's pretty involved. And you mentioned genes. Uh, I just made a Punnett square for widow's peaks with my daughter in her hereditary genes class. And I know that's very simple, but it has to get pretty complicated to, to find out like what people are predisposed to have. Do you guys, you, you do gene testing for your... So it's not specifically actually knowing what genes you have and knowing exactly which SNPs, etc. It, it basically is that we can tell just based on your family history, if you've had a strong breast cancer history, if you've had a strong ovarian cancer history, and even if your family does not have BRCA, which I think really has hit the headlines hard, you still have potentially a higher likelihood. And what are the things that I think about? And so in that case, I would think about estrogen dominance. And with estrogen dominance, oftentimes comes with it a layer of this question of insulin resistance. And so how we take the history really goes into, again, running through your timeline of your life history, because it's your environment that really dictates potentially what happens. And oftentimes, if you were sickly as a child and you got a lot of antibiotics or you had a lot of surgery for whatever reason, um, you were you know, a gymnast and you broke stuff and you had to get operated on all the time, all of those factors in the environment change what happens to what genes get expressed. So I don't necessarily need to know specifically which gene SNP you have. Um, sometimes it's helpful depending on which person that is. But what's helpful to me is to gather a history to see what has happened in your lifespan, what potentially could be triggers and what conditions you have and how do we mitigate that. So we are talking today, I think last time we had touched on a lot of different things, but today we're going to talk about intermittent fasting. Can you give us the lowdown? What is intermittent fasting and who is it good for? So intermittent fasting, I like to think about it as more intuitive eating. And I know this sounds silly because we are training folks to eat breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner, snack, so that we don't lower our blood sugars. And I can tell you that the way that we teach nutrition, which in medical school, and I went to a great medical school that was very primary care based, we still only got like not very many hours of nutrition. And I can tell you that the difficulty is, is if we look at our population, if we look at all the chronic diseases that we're seeing, 
the nutrition that we're teaching is not helping our population. Yeah, I mean, we grew up, all of us grew up with this, these textbooks where they said breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Correct. And, it's, and that was the voice that I heard in yeah. my head when Well, they said and that. during that same time period was when we also said that eggs were bad for you and that you needed to eat more grains. And so not only were we telling people to eat breakfast, but then we were replacing this with like crappy cereal, <laughs> bread products, waffles, and pancakes because everybody knows those are great for you. Right. So, you know, and what ended up happening is that the more you eat these refined carbohydrates, it actually makes you hungrier. So what happens is you release a larger amount of insulin and your body may overshoot. So if you hear about those people that are like, oh, I have to eat every two hours because I get so dizzy and so shaky, they're living their prophecy. So what's happening is they are eating foods that literally are higher glycemic. They release more insulin and they do drop low. So then they feel like they need to eat again. But they're also not efficient at converting their own fatty acids as fuel because their body is always in a fed state. And so that's the the whole intermittent fasting thing, which means you have a you've shortened the window of when you're eating. You're not reducing calories. So I think that's a correct. I, I think that's a, 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 a misconception that all of a sudden you're starving yourself. Yeah. So and, you need to still yeah. get your essential nutrients through your food. And the study that I talked about in the last podcast was the fact that these mice who got the same calories, same food, everything was the same basket of food. But the one group that only were allowed to eat that in eight hours were skinny. And the mice that had access through a 24 hour period were obese. And it's because a calorie is not a calorie that leads to fat. A calorie turns on hormonal signaling. That's the difference. Once your hormones turn on, it turns on the cascade of other hormones being stimulated or not being stimulated. And I, so it's amazing that Penn just tried to talk and I cut him off and I'm really sorry, honey. Welcome to our marriage. So I think that I'll just go ahead and say that this is triggering for people. For When you talk about, I think food has become kind of a religion. What isn't triggering on the internet? I don't know. I just posted something about how I bought a jumpsuit you didn't like and some, some man accused <laughs> people, me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was it a man? A man accused me that I'll, that I'll cheat on you because I don't respect what your opinions about my clothing choices so that it's going to lead to infidelity. Uh, a jumpsuit is really trigger- triggering. But you should just stay in the kitchen is what he's saying. Basically, I, I think, should yeah. know my place. God, after all these years, I should know my place. So, <laughs> um, so people, when you are talking about food and how people eat, it is very, very triggering. And here's what I'll say about this is that maybe this isn't for you. This is something that we have like Penn's test results in front of us. So like we know it has worked for us. If eating 12 bananas a day and standing on your head has helped you and helps you feel better, then you should go for that. But this is something that just in if I have found something that works for me in my life, I want to like shout it so everybody can hear it. So this is something that I know like when you're talking about eating and you're talking about restricting time of eating, it's very triggering. So um, I would also say that if you have a history of eating disorders and that because that that messes with your brain, don't you have to be either supervised by a doc or just don't do it. Like do what works for you. Yeah. And that was a great disclaimer, honey. I just want to let you know. Kim loves disclaimers. Well, I because I think that it for some reason, when you talk about food, people get triggered. It's crazy. Absolutely. Well, if you talk about anything, acupuncture, if you talk about anything that's not mainstream, but even stuff that's mainstream, I mean, everybody, you know, you can't talk politics, you can't talk religion, you can't talk, you know, I think that a lot of these conversations are inflammatory. And if you are not one that believes it, or you feel like this is not for you, then it's not for you. You, you, You are the decider. You are your own advocate you can figure out whether or not this is something that you want to try or do you feel like you've had success with what you've been doing? Yeah. I'm happy to be the poster boy for just personally for me, how it has made me feel and how much it's changed. And you actually, I've never had this in my life before. Someone putting numbers in front of me instead of just looking at me uh, and, and saying, here's the difference, which is what something you were able to do. Yeah. And, and I think you're one of those people that is a little bit scary because you look lean you and you me look a silent killer. I think one <laughs> well, time I'm going yeah, very so close to the microphone. It's true. That. So when we talk about folks who are driven to come in because they're overweight and they want help because physically they want 
to feel better so that their confidence is better. Those patients sometimes have more motivation to make changes. When you have somebody who's lean like you that was still doing great in the gym and look great compared to probably your counterparts at your age, it's a harder motivator. And so I do use blood work sometimes to prove to folks that maybe they're not as healthy as they think they are. Penn's family history is there's a family history of Alzheimer's and there's just a family history of just not great health as they age. And so just knowing that I wanted his him to stick around for a while, I kind of forced him. I'll say forced. I forced him to go see Harriet and get all this blood blood work done. And um, so you can actually you can share just some examples. Penn has given permission. I'm giving. Yes, you can. You Like you're not violating the hypocritic oath. Hypocritic. I know what it really is. <laughs> oh. There goes. OK, Harriet, let the let the record show Harriet is clicking on her little bougie mouse that she has. That's it, it's really fancy. Have you seen it? She brought her own, by the way, we're at our house. She brought her own mouse to our house, which I'm also very interested in uh, just learning about Harriet. Harriet, you like to have your own mouse with you. Is that correct? There are people like that. I like my stuff. There you go. Very good. But I'm glad you did because you've got some data. So when we saw Penn, his fasting sugar was 136, which is technically diabetic level. Whoa. And and so what but he didn't eat a lot of sugar necessarily. No, but it, it was basically what he was eating and the fact that he was eating all day long. So his sugar was 136, his total cholesterol was 253, his HDL was 80 and his LDL was 159. So in layman's terms, what does all so that mean? So basically his total cholesterol at 253 is pretty high, his LDL at 159 it's not good. I mean, your your levels are high enough that it's of concern. We definitely would mention it even in Western Medicine Clinic that there are changes that have to be done. And so depending on the guideline that you're looking at and what your family history is, then there are a lot of Western docs that would have been chomping at the bit to put you on a statin mm-hmm. based on that. With our dietary changes, so let's take a look at time frame. Let me actually click on when we did that. We did that in January 2018. So when we repeated your blood work, and we haven't done it recently, but this was after only six months. So in July, your total cholesterol went from 253 down to 223. Your HDL went from 80 to 86. And your LDL went from 159 down to 118. And your fasting sugar went went from 136 to 88. Which is completely normal, and and the main changes that I made was uh, were uh, I I gave the intermittent fasting not just to try it was something that I was kind of naturally doing um, for me like I just don't eat much in the morning anyway but the the big the biggest changes that I made is I cut out dairy I cut out processed food as as much as I could I'd have some cheat pizza every once in a while and then the biggest thing the toughest thing for me was that like end of the night snack. Yeah. Which what would I called second dinner? It wasn't really a snack. It was like a full meal. Yeah. So he wasn't necessarily eating breakfast, but he was eating, a, like a pasta dish at eleven o'clock at night. So that's not intermittent. That's not like a. So he went down to like a true. He went to like a sixteen-hour fast. Yep. Um. So um. And so I think that flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Penn, you know I'm always looking for a snack that's both nutritious and tasty. Both a little snacky, yes. Uh, But of course, the healthy stuff tastes like sand, and the stuff that tastes good isn't healthy, right? Not IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are a quick, low-carb option that I love to grab for my midday slump. 
So start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. Get seven IQ Bar flavors, four IQ Mix flavors, and four IQ Joe flavors. And today, our listeners get an exclusive offer for 20% off plus free shipping. Just text Holderness to 64000, which is 64000. All IQ Bar products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. Plus, they're packed with high-quality ingredients to keep you physically and mentally fit. And they have a bunch of delicious flavors like chocolate sea salt, which is my favorite, peanut butter chip, and wild blueberry. Don't forget over 10,000 five-star reviews and counting. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Holderness to 64000. Get your discount. Text Holderness to 64000. That's Holderness to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. This show is sponsored by Care Of. Penn, the birds are singing. Mm-hmm. The, the buds are on the tree. Yes. Winter is finally turning into spring. Yeah, you're a big fan of the spring. And you know, I also love the sun finally coming out from hiding. And you know me, the cold weather just wreaks havoc on my skin, my energy levels, everything. And that is why you've, Kim, you've been trying the Care Of Vitamin Packs? Yep, they have these daily packs that you can take on the go, like ceramides, which help reinforce your skin's protective barrier, and iron for energy levels. Yeah, it's awesome because all you do to get started is take a short online quiz about your lifestyle and your health goals, and Care Of will give you doctor-backed recommendations. And they ship high-quality, personalized vitamins, supplements, and powders conveniently to your door every month. And something new at Care Of, if you're not yet ready to subscribe to monthly packs, some of their best-selling vitamins are now also available in bottles. For 50% off your first Care Of subscription order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code HOLDERNESS50. That's 50% off your first Care Of subscription order at TakeCareOf.com and use code HOLDERNESS50. Made a big difference. So, and that is a question. So I put on Instagram kind of a call out for questions for you. And somebody asked, uh, what is the ideal window of of eating? So we do like a 16-hour fast. So we stop at like 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock because we eat dinner with senior citizens. And those senior citizens are 9 and 12. Um, and then we then we don't eat until like, I go like 11 o'clock. Penn can go a little longer. Yep. You don't have to do this every single day. So let me say that. There are some people who prefer to do it every day because it is a routine for them. So they often will do the 16-hour fast, but it depends on what results you're looking for. So typically what I talk about just getting people started because it's mind-blowing just to think about, oh my goodness, I'm not going to eat my five meals a day. And not only that, I'm giving up the most important meal of the day, which was breakfast based on what everybody has told us. So the mindset is my goal is for people to start with 12 hours a day and just to get that under their belt. And it's interesting because even just not eating for 12 hours a day, we see lowering blood pressure. We see decreased inflammation in patients. And so you can get benefit just from the 12 hour period. Once you get acclimated to that, then your next step would be I wonder if I can push it longer. So it goes from 12 hours to maybe 13 to maybe 14 to maybe 15. And then easily 16 hours, I think sounds like a lot. But when you add it up, if you finish dinner at 7 p.m., you are allowed to have your first meal at 11. And if you're not looking to lose a ton of weight, you can still eat potentially three meals from 11 to 7 in that eight hour window. Because your best benefit has come from that 16-hour fasting time frame. So, but I recommend for you to do what works for your schedule. So I mentioned this before. I think it's easier when I'm at work to not have to worry about stopping to eat. And so I will often intermittent fast the four days I'm in clinic. And I eat a regular schedule on the weekend and I basically look at the fact that it's very flexible. So what's great about this is that you're actually in control and you do need to be intuitive about it. And there's this intuitive nature that has to happen where 
if you are beginning this and your body's not acclimated because you get hypoglycemic all the time, then you may not be the one who quickly goes to a 16-hour fast. It may take you longer than somebody else who clearly has always skipped breakfast and they're going to be able to adopt this very easy. And lots of times people are like, well, I've always skipped breakfast and I'm still heavy. And part of it is that, are you chewing gum all day long? Are you drinking something as benign as like, you know, water with some type of ginger and some type of root or some fruit in it during the daytime thinking that it's healthy and you're inadvertently releasing insulin? Or, um, you know, our culture is is you don't want to have bad breath. So you throw in Tic Tacs or you do Altoids or you do sugar-free men's and it doesn't matter if it's sugar-free, you're releasing insulin all day long. Even, okay, so uh, I have to say I had to break the gum habit. Tell me why gum is not ideal. So gum has some type of artificial sweetener or sugar in it and both of those things release insulin. So you may inadvertently break your fast by just chewing gum or sucking on a mint. Mm -hmm. And so- we recommend for you not to do any of that. So you can drink water throughout the daytime. You can drink Pellegrino. You can drink this black is when coffee. You're this, this is, is when, when you're, you're fasting. fasting. Yeah. yeah, you can drink black coffee. You can drink green tea. You can drink Earl Grey. All of those things are fine to drink while you're in your fasted state and between your between your meals. So let's say you enjoy kombucha, right? So we talk about kombucha for good gut health. And there's inherently some sugar in kombucha because you have to have that to grow the culture. But you love kombucha and you're like, well, this means I can't drink anything that's caloric. Well, that's not true. So at lunchtime, when you eat lunch, drink your kombucha then. If you're going to release insulin, go for it, right? So if you're going to choose when to do your caloric beverage, then that's the time to do it. Um, there, there is a question. Um, so you, so just to be clear again, you're not starving yourself. You're, you're not, still, you're not starving yourself yeah. because part of it is that what people don't realize is that when you eat, I call it Pandora's box. Once you open Pandora's box, you are hungry because you release insulin. That's when you get tired also. So lots of times, one of the biggest benefits of intermittent fasting is people cannot believe how clear their head is because they're not releasing insulin. Insulin is when we really get foggy and then you need the next hit. So you'll see those people at the office where, you know, they walk by the candy jar and they're like sluggish. They take a hit of whatever little mini Snickers bar is. And then they have like this moment of, oh, I have a little bit more clarity. They're working. Then the insulin kicks in and then they're sluggish again. Then they have to go back around to the candy jar. So so every like hour or two hours, they're constantly needing a hit. So what we're training your body to do is to actually utilize your own fatty acids as fuel and so that you're not always having to get fuel from an exogenous source. Historically speaking, I mean, if you think about just throughout time, has it always been that food was so available as it is now? And it's not. And there were times of feasting and there was times of famine. And so when you look at that aspect, you really have to kind of think about, am I eating because I was told to eat or am I actually hungry right now? And if you wake up and you are starving, do not fast that morning. This is the, where the intuitive eating comes in. Or if you feel like you fasted maybe too many days and you were so busy during that time period, you weren't drinking enough water, you didn't eat enough vegetables, you didn't have enough caloric intake during that time period, then take a break off of it. Refuel. And then your demands are also going to be dependent on what you're doing. So if you're doing CrossFit multiple days per week and you're not getting back enough of your um, needed protein, protein yeah. and your good dietary fats and your good amounts of nutrients, then you need to potentially eat more during those times. I mean, I talk about these big girl portions because as women, we're taught to graze and eat these tiny little portions throughout the day. And, and what I talk about with that is, you know, as a toddler, they're growing and they need to be eating frequently we're not no longer growing. We don't need to be eating that frequently. And you're setting yourself up for the fatigue piece after the insulin's released, yeah. and you're setting up for the hunger piece. So if you actually eat a very balanced whole food based diet where you're eating enough good dietary fats, you're eating a good amount of protein, and you're eating a lot of great vegetables. I mean, I really think of it as being a plant based diet with some protein and with some good fats that you don't need the accessory um, carbohydrates and you don't need the accessory refined carbohydrates mainly. You know, you can eat carbs. I love sweet potatoes. I love squashes. Um, I think that what you're looking at is 
reframing your thinking of, oh my goodness, I'm starving myself. I eat a ton. I mean, you should see what I eat for lunch and dinner. It's a huge amount. And I am getting my total calorie intake of what I was doing before, but instead of doing it in five meals, I'm doing it in two meals. And I can tell you that I'm way more cognizant during the daytime of my surroundings. I'm not as tired and I can function at a much higher level when I'm fasted because I'm I'm not contending with a lot of the insulin release and the hormone aspect that turns on that brain fog. So I had like three questions. I think you just answered all of them in that, uh, in, in that, uh, what you just said. The first one was, you know, how do you deal with hunger? And it sounds like it's listen to your body for the most part. Correct. When it and comes sometimes to that. you're actually dehydrated. So, you know, one of the big things, and I, and I've posted this before on my Instagram, just kind of like my routine of first thing in the morning, I fill up my Yeti with a, full glass of water. Every morning I start off with 16 ounces of water. And then my next step is black coffee because I love the taste of coffee and I love the caffeine. And so, you know, that's not the right thing for everybody. Not everybody can tolerate caffeine and not everybody likes coffee. So you may be one that deals with a little bit of anxiety. Well, you know what? Green tea has L-theanine in it. It's an amino acid that helps with anxiety and stress resilience. And so maybe you're one that wants to do some green tea after that. Or you don't like any of it. You can just drink plain water all day long. Or you can do, I mean, one of my favorite things is Pellegrino only because, you know, I buy them in those glass jars and they're nice and refreshing and they're a little bit bubbly. So it just breaks up the monotony of just plain water. So you can do whatever you want as far as getting the hydration piece as long as it doesn't release insulin. But I can tell you that oftentimes if you drink that full glass of water in the morning, your hunger goes away because your signaling tells you that you're hungry, but you're just actually probably a little bit dry. Yeah, there was a lot of questions we got through Instagram or like, can I put, you know, can I do the bulletproof coffee? Can I do the apple cider? I know there's like this trend to do the 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 tablespoon of apple cider vinegar and water. And does that break your fast? It does break your fast. Yeah. So anything that has carbohydrates and protein can break your fast. Now, the bulletproof coffee, I will answer again. So we talked a little bit about this during the last podcast. Um, Bulletproof coffee is either using well, so there's so many varied ways that people do it. So if you and the do, one we hear about the most, it's MCT oil, grass fed butter, and and coffee, right? Correct. Is that okay? So uh, that's one variation, and I would say that I would worry that the butter would break your fast because butter does actually have dairy protein in it, and so again, back to the premise that any carbohydrate or protein can break a fast. I think that that potentially can do it. And even like this is why a slice of lemon or lime, I don't know the answer to that. You know, is there enough carbohydrate in that slice to turn on an insulin response? I don't think it's worth it to give, you know, if you're going to work on doing this intermittent fasting piece, I don't think it's worth it for that slice um, or for that grass fed butter. Now, MCT oil or coconut oil that supposedly does not break a fast. Now, there are different definitions for fasting. So some people talk about GI complete rest fasting. And so that would not count towards that piece. Does it release insulin? Probably not. But if you're looking to lose a lot of weight, the question is, are we taking the fuel and the fat from the coffee and burning that instead of our belly fat? And so really, it it depends on what your outcomes you're looking for are. And I think that Some people feel maybe depending on whatever scenario is going on with them that they're a little bit sluggish in the morning and that that extra fat gives them a little bit more fuel in the morning and they do that. But lots of times it's not a steadfast role. There are some mornings where you wake up and you may feel pretty good and you may say, you know what, I don't really want to do my bulletproof coffee. I'll just do black coffee this morning or I hate coffee black. It's not worth it for me to drink it. I'm going to drink my coffee when I break my fast at 11 o'clock. And then that way I can put my cream in it or whatever you're going to put in it. And so, again, this is back to the flexibility where you are the decider. Um, One of my favorite things about intermittent fasting is that, you know, let's just say that you know that you're going to go out on Saturday night and you're going to go out and have a later dinner. So then you push your fast potentially longer that morning and so that you're still eating within the eight hour window if you're making that fast but that doesn't have to be a fasting day so let's just say you're out until 11 o'clock and you break your fast that morning at 11 and you purposely eat decent meals where you know that you are containing your meals during specific times and then you can go out that night 
and still eat dinner late. It, the flexibility is in this because you are the ultimate decider of when you start to break your fast. Oh, 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 oh Penn's giving me a signal. Okay, we got another good question. Um, it's from Health Tracks Fitness Raleigh. Please discuss intermittent fasting and how to incorpor- incorporate it into exercising safely. Like, how do you exercise? If Correct. Yeah. So there. Uh, the issue with that is that there are some people who have trained themselves to only use their fuel via food when they exercise. And so these are the people that are used to eating and then they exercise. So they're burning through their fuel sources based on what they just ate. And then the thought process is refueling post-exercise. So in the ideal world, I can tell you that if you could exercise fasted or get your, you know, get to the point where you can exercise fasted, you will see bigger benefits in stamina and in visceral and like belly fat loss because you're using your own fat as your fuel instead of what you ate for breakfast. But not everybody can jump from, oh, you know, I'm eating five meals a day to now I'm going to exercise fasted. You have to train yourself to that point and you have to listen to your body. If you are feeling dizzy during your exercise when you have fasted before, then you need to stop and eat something and you need to maybe think about getting your body trained a little bit longer on this intermittent fasting piece before you try to exercise fasted. Is there a certain type of exercise that works better with fasting? There's, there, I mean, there's people who train for triathlons and are doing kind of steady work for four hours. And there's people who do like a 20 minute high intensity Correct. workout. Yeah. Is one of those better for it? Absolutely. So when we look at the data, the high intensity, like CrossFit, um, you know, those types of exercises, if it's like an hour or less, you can safely fast before exercising. But when you're looking at constant need for fuel where you're looking at long durations mm-hmm. that is a different scenario and and it's also a different scenario depending on what you're doing that day like so i usually fast when i exercise but if i have a comp if i have crossfit competition i'm going to eat before my competition and i'm going to eat throughout the daytime on that day to make sure that i have enough fuel for those events so again there's flexibility in this, but not everybody can start right away exercising fasted, but you do have a better performance. So what we notice with uh, with our performance is that you actually don't pitter out. So when people start exercising and then they hit that wall and they're like, oh my goodness, I feel like I just got hit by a brick wall and I can't move anymore. They have essentially used up all of their glycogen out of their skeletal muscle and their liver, and they do not know how to convert fatty acids as fuel. So for the people who are intermittent fasting regularly, we know how to convert our fatty acids into fuel. And so it's very easy for us to change over our fuel source once our glycogen is gone to using the fatty acids. And that's why we don't hit a wall. And honestly, it actually makes it so that you're more cardiovascularly endurant for these, you know, our our exercises are less usually. Yeah, I will say I used to always have to have something to eat. I exercise in the morning and I always had to have like a scoop of peanut butter or something before I went. I felt and it was more of like a mental thing. And then I started doing this and it wasn't even just it wasn't right away. But it was I just kind of forgot to eat a couple times. I'm like, oh, wow, I just had a much better workout now. And now to the point where if it's rare that I work out at night, but if I do and I've eaten dinner beforehand, my stomach is a knot. <laughs> I can't actually I can't actually work out with food in my stomach anymore. But that took a minute like that took I think it was a more of a mental thing than anything. Um, We're getting a lot of questions saying, is this okay to do long term? I think that, yes, it's actually pretty easy. lifestyle switch. if, If you're if you're looking at like, you know, you've gone down and too much weight, you're you're feeling depleted. What do we talk about? This is intuitive eating. So if you feel depleted or if you feel like you've gotten too low, then you start opening up your eating again. And when I say opening up the eating, I should be a little bit clearer. I still think that everybody should go through a 12-hour overnight fast. So I think that should just be baseline. That's not really – when we're talking about more intermittent fasting, I'm adding in these days of like 16-hour fast. And so when we're talking about the 16-hour fast period, if you were doing it five days a week and you're feeling depleted and you're too low now, then back it off. Do two days a week or go through a couple weeks without intermittent fasting. Keep your 12-hour fast do your three meals in that time period, 
see what happens or make sure that you're getting the nutrients that you need from your food too. So this is not a free for all. So if you intermittent fast, this doesn't give you free reign on eating crap, right? At no point did we talk about like, oh, I'm going to do this so that I can binge during this time period. This is not, this is a lifestyle. Your lifestyle is that you're eating when you're hungry and you're eating good whole food based sources of food. Yeah, because I think that gets into like the disordered eating. If you are restricting just so you can binge, like that's like warning flag. You need to stop this. That's that's not right. Yeah. And and honestly, and we talked about this before, too, is that the more healthy food that you eat and, you know, I, I think that the argument about what is considered healthy today, um, you know, after all of the different changes with nutrition and the whole aspect of like the pyramid and all the grains and et cetera, low fat, um, I can just tell you that if you eat, you know, my goal for people is to eat like six to nine cups of vegetables and fruits, more vegetables than fruit per day, um, good amounts of animal, you know, animal protein, plant protein, whatever sources of protein, um, but good sourcing, wild caught, grass fed, um, humanely treated animals, you know, game meats, wild caught seafood, all of those things. And you're eating good dietary fats like avocado and olives and good oils like avocado oil and olive oil and, you know, fatty fish being a good dietary fat. And um, when you're looking at eating good quality sources and good food, your body is fueled so much more efficiently. And the other thing is, is that, you know, Kim and I were talking about and joking about the fact that back in the 90s, I think it was that Lay's potato chips were, you know, I think their motto was you can't just eat one. And and the key on this is you really can't just eat one because they taste delicious because they have modified it to taste that way. It's that like vanishing caloric intake thing, right? <laughs> I think I read about that in a book one time about how they basically engineer the food they engineer to make the food. you more hungry exactly. as you're eating. That's right. And so and that's where you get set up with um, also where people the night before, if they eat you know, their cookies and their ice cream, and then they wake up starving in the morning, part of what has happened is they released a ton of insulin at nighttime, and they may be actually a little bit low when they wake up. And that's part of the reason why they're so hungry. So I have a question, and I'm really hoping that the answer to this is no, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh Is there any health benefit in doing this with your kids? Because I can't, oh, thank God. Because I'm just imagining the hanger. Imagine the hanger. No, no, no. If we told our kids. So we we just talked about with children, they're growing. So this is a, they're in an anabolic state. They're they're growing. We are talking about intermittent fasting for adults. Okay. So, and for adults that are not breastfeeding, that are not pregnant, we are not talking about any other population that children are excluded from this i hear you and uh, you mentioned toddlers but what about like kids who are reaching or nearing puberty or going to college or going to high school please still say no we we do <laughs> we are talking about this for adults yes and and um there are so speaking of so somebody asked can i do this i'm breastfeeding you said no, no. and then somebody said how i'm hypoglycemic do, how does I, my- so again the whole hypoglycemic People become hypoglycemic because they're training their body to eat every two to three hours. And so you kind of live out the prophecy. So let me explain this better. So when you wake up in the morning and you eat something, you release insulin. And if you are one that is a hyperinsulin secretor, then what can happen is your sugar can drop low. And that usually is going to be more apt if you eat a higher refined carbohydrate meal. So with breakfast being you know, an American breakfast is like a bagel or it's like a piece of toast with peanut butter on it, or it's, you know, some refined cereal. What you're looking at is you're getting a quick release of insulin. You're dropping a little bit low. And that's when at 10 a.m. you're like starving again. And so rather than doing that and eating something like smoked salmon with some avocado and a side of fruit, or, you know, that's one of my favorite breakfast um, choices, or my other favorite would be putting vegetables in with eggs and a side of avocado, when you eat foods that are lower glycemic and more whole food based, you're not going to have as high of an insulin release and you're not going to drop as low. But also, if you don't turn on the insulin response, you're not going to have these periods where your sugars are dropping low. Now, for people who are hypoglycemic, this may be a slower process for you. Mm -hmm. 
Again, you may not be one that jumps into the 16-hour fast. Your goal may be just to get to 12 hours. It may take you quite a bit just to get to 12 hours, but I can tell you that you are setting yourself up for part of this by eating six meals a day because you are turning on your insulin to drop your sugar. So let's decrease the amount of insulin releases per day. You know, funny story, side story. Our family learned about hypoglycemia this week while watching Paul Blart Mall Cop. Have you said, have, has anyone out there watched that? Great movie to co-watch with your kids. Oh my gosh, yeah. He, he has to have pixie sticks or he'll pass out because he's hypoglycemic. And I'm like, Paul, you should just be intermittent fasting. No, but I have to yeah, say- and, the, and those pixie sticks are releasing insulin and, yeah, he, and, and then he's, he's like dropping sugar. So he is cycling his- Prophecy. I know. So, yeah, but still, we love them. Paul Blart Mall Cop one and two. Um, I will say my my neighbor, um, she she heard our first podcast we did together. She was, and then she read the obesity code, which she recommended. And we'll put that in the comments again. Um, and she gave it a try because she's like super she would get shaky if she didn't eat every three hours. And she gradually, gradually got to it. Now she is hardcore. Like two days a week, she'll do a 20 hour fast. And then I think another two days she does 16 hours. And then I think she kind of eats like an, maybe like a 14 hour whatever. But on the weekends, it's more normal, whatever. So she does this thing. She is and she feels she feels better. And she again, like in those four hours, she has to work really hard, but she gets the her calories in like she and, but she's dropped weight without lowering the amount of calories for she's super science-based and she's super evidence-based and like this this work for her and her hypoglycemia but also talk to your doctor don't just like take some weird podcast for um i like to put a disclaimer like you heard this i mean harriet is a doctor yeah, I, I know I, not, but she's not I'm, their I'm doctor. only talking about intermittent fasting in general right yeah. so if this is something that is recommended for you this is how we have or I have achieved success with my patients. I'm not treating any one of you that is listening, <laughs> except for and, and, except for Penn and Kim yeah. that are sitting in the room with me. The, we are just talking about intermittent but fasting. But you have, like, you have your patients have had great success. My patients at every age have had great success. I've had 30 year olds that have had great success. I've had 70 year olds. I mean, I have this one lovely gentleman that I see that is 71 and looks amazing and has lost 27 pounds and feels great, and it really. It wasn't really even for the weight for him as it was his mounting inflammation that was driving a lot of his musculoskeletal issues, driving his blood pressure issues, driving all of the things and performance issues. I mean, he is performing fantastically at work and still works at 71. So a lot of this is about being healthy. And so let's just talk about it's not about weight because I can tell you that and even especially for me and thinking about the CrossFit world, you know, when we have athletes that potentially their BMI doesn't fit within the ideals of what we're talking about for the medical field, um, I can tell you that each individual it's dependent on how much muscle mass you have, how much body fat you have, how great you feel, how your performance is. Um, it, Every person is an individual, and I think that when you're looking at the definition of healthy, it's going to be dependent on that one person. Yeah, I, so just a quick aside from you heard about my numbers and my blood test. My weight didn't change one bit. It's been the same all along. Yep, yep. And, and that's often what can happen is that your issue is not weight. And so the intermittent fasting piece for you was to decrease your cardiovascular inflammation and decrease your issues with insulin resistance and with releasing insulin all the time. So you you got the benefit with no weight change. It's not like you dropped, you know, and got too skinny yeah, doing you this. You didn't have, if you lost weight, that would be bad. Like yeah, you don't no, have and, and this lose. is the thing is that what people don't realize is that they automatically equate intermittent fasting with weight loss. I equate intermittent fasting with a healthier lifestyle because, again, it brings up that funny word autophagy where we are killing off some of the cells that shouldn't be there that are getting fed all the time. And those cells are living and flourishing, whereas we are kind of doing survival of the fittest. We are keeping the cells around that are performing better. I think Penn looks younger, by the way. Yeah. Remember how I said he looked kind of yeah. old and ragged? I mean, I didn't say that, but, <laughs> but this is did. one of the best backhanded compliments I've ever gotten. Uh, no, 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 I was thinking that the other day because I watched one of your videos and I was like, look at Penn. Doesn't he look really good? He does look really good. It, I, I feel different. Um, my hair is not getting any less gray. Once it goes gray, it doesn't suddenly turn 
brown so again, Harriet but otherwise I do feel picture. younger. Yeah. She had a gray hair because she's like this gorgeous black natural hair. And she sent me, it was like a gray hair that like then was starting, you left it in there, but like it grew like a black root. It grew back black. Yeah. It grew back. So it was like half of the hair was gray and half was black. And I was like, that is witchcraft. And I would never have given my hair think, the opportunity to turn. That <laughs> I would have plucked that out in a minute. <laughs> oh, I, I, I have I'm a just vain stuff. enough. Yeah, no, I, I like my gray hairs. I, I, I have You've a couple. I, you have a couple. Oh my gosh. Um. So I have to say. So I, we mentioned in the beginning, Harriet and I are working on, you know, maybe a way to because she she has a, her own practice and. She's very, very full. <laughs> oh, I think, yes, it, it takes a, it, although she loves to see patients because she takes so much time with the patient, it takes a long time to get in to see Harriet. So we're trying to craft a way to kind of bring what she knows in terms of diet and exercise and nutrition. And by diet, I mean like a way of eating, not like a huge. Like, it's a lifestyle. A yeah. lifestyle piece and kind of packaging that in a way that um, in an online course and through some videos that it could be more available for uh, the broader public. Because, again, once I have found something that works, I want to share it with everybody. So if that's something you think you'd be interested in, you should let us know. It's going to be I mean, I think it's going to be fun for you guys to figure out how to make this work because there's so much value in it. And we get such a we get a massive response every time you come on. I know that you got a, a big response on your end as well. Yeah. And, and, and but, I'm only one person. Yeah, and, that's and, the and, challenge. and it's what the challenge, the challenge is, is, is that it's I would so love to help right? yeah. so many people. And I have gotten the sweetest emails from a lot of people that are all across the U.S. that are looking for help. And I can tell you that um, I spend a lot of individual time with each one of my patients. It's a totally sure. different care system. And that's why it's hard for me to be able to reach the masses. Yeah. And, and I don't have it. I wish I had another provider that was similar that was on the same, you know, um, that does. You know, I'm, I'm just laughing because with the voodoo acupuncture piece, you know, so you know, my approach is definitely multidisciplinary. It's different. Um, but there is some aspect where I would like to see if there is a way that we could reach more than just the people that I physically yeah, can see in my clinic, because that's going to be near impossible if I keep up with my own practice, what you preach and my self care. Yeah. Um, I, I can't I can't see everybody. And if we put you on a big stage like Tony Robbins, there's there, there's not like one sentence that's going to solve everybody's problem. You would have to look at each person in that 10,000 person arena and say, OK, let's talk for 45 minutes. But th that's what to my point, I really do think and I, I know we're kind of like breaking down the fourth wall here there are some central messages that that we can start with and then ways to kind of direct them to either their physician or someone else to kind of get that that nitty-gritty stuff going yes. so yes. how am i doing here i think <laughs> because there are i mean and that's the plan right is that like i think i ask good enough questions harriet is obviously the expert you do ask great no questions. i ask no i'm saying but if we did like some sort of like online course i i really just want to help people because i i talk to people about this all the time it's something i'm very interested in it's worked in my life but i would never feel comfortable just me standing out there saying do what i do but I, with the science behind it which i think is what harriet brings i think packaging it in a way that is answering a lot of a, a lot of these more in-depth questions and then guiding people about okay let's do a reset let's let's do let's do a reset and then get to an intuitive eating piece so i have no interest in contributing to this like you must be skinny diet culture that's not it at all but like teaching people and guiding people to trust themselves around food like i think that there's a lot of women especially that don't trust themselves around food and this is actually a very empowering way to live your life and so if i could help people do that i think that would be super cool absolutely she's nodding she's <laughs> nodding people okay we're uh, on okay so at, at some point uh we need to let harriet out of our attic because we have really we've like kept her hostage in our attic she's checking her watch she has to go do open workout 19.5 no, as soon as possible yeah self-care self-care so if you enjoy this would you take a screenshot on the old instagram machine and you can and just tag us we're at the holderness family you can leave questions because there's i'm sure there's going to be a lot of them and we try our best to respond to them and we'll leave all of harriet's information in the description of this but again she's a very popular person and she yeah, tries well you really can hard. follow my instagram also yeah, and she's, I'm, I'm not what, as good at instagram as you guys are but you know, what, what's, at, what's your instagram it's at dr hansel so at d r h a n s e l l <laughs> so like hansel and gretel but with two l's or or an extra l from the guy from zoolander yes. yeah okay 
Okay. So hot right now. Well, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me again. Okay.